leadership, potentially a shapeless concept, government, perceived as overwhelmingly large. Put the two together, government leadership, and you can distill it down to big and cold. Interested instead in a space where government leadership might be personal and warm? Maybe that would look like a one-on-one -on -one conversation with those we choose to speak for us in our own neighborhoods. We see them walking their dogs, shopping in our grocery store, talking with neighbors in the coffee shop, cheering from the little league sidelines, witnessing community tragedy, solving problems, and generating opportunities. Now let's get to know them and know what motivates them, what nourishes them, what inspires them. From Studio 67, I'm Ginger Delegal, and this is Pack and Chat, 670 seconds with Florida's local leaders. With me in the studio today is Commissioner Melissa McKinley from Palm Beach County. And this is our second episode of Pack and Jat. Commissioner McKinley, welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me. We're so glad that you could join us today. So this podcast is about local leaders and making them human. Um, also to introduce yourself and some aspects of yourself, even to other county leaders, some things that they may not know about you but that really keep you going as a leader, not only of this organization, but of your community, of your family, of all the things that you lead in different aspects of your life. But before we get into some of those kinds of things, what is your Florida story? How did you, how did you get here? Oh, geez. Um, I moved to Florida in 1977. Uh, came down here from the North Shore of Boston, a little town called Marblehead. Uh, my my mother was a bit of a hippie child, and my father worked in corporate America. And she said if he didn't move her to the beach, she was leaving. So we moved down here right before Christmas um, in 1977. And uh, my great-grandparents had actually retired to the Sarasota area in the 1930s. So my father had vacationed there as a little boy, and that's where we moved in 1977. Good memories and a long legacy in your family then. So going from 1977 to being elected as a county commissioner of one of the largest counties, frankly, in the country, what made you decide to run? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Momentary lapse of reason. That's fair. Um, no, you know, I, I had been working behind the scenes for, for quite some time. Uh, I had worked in congressional offices, U.S. Senate office. I worked for Sarasota County, and I actually worked for Palm Beach County. And uh, just watching things from behind the scenes, and uh, having to be the one that uh, was responsible for getting the elected official prepared for their meetings, uh, it dawned on me that I felt that we needed more women in office. Uh, I felt that uh, we needed, I looked at my county commission at the time, and you know there wasn't anybody on the commission that was currently raising young children in the home, and I thought that that was a good voice to provide to the community. And, it was it was time. I don't think there's ever any good time, especially for women. We find a number of excuses to uh, delay making those decisions. Um, so I went ahead and did it, jumped in with both feet. And so right now is not your first round in the arena, though. So why did you decide to run for reelection? 
I wasn't done with the, the work that I set out to do when I was first elected. I, I have a, an extremely diverse district. Uh, you know, I'm in a large urban county, but my district is such a huge part of it is rural and agricultural, had been uh, neglected in terms of their infrastructure needs and their social service needs for a number of years, and it wasn't something that was going to be accomplished in four years. Fair enough. I hear that a lot, actually, from your peers, is that once they once they get into that arena and then really learn from that side of leading, that there's so much to do and they aren't just done and they want to keep going and keep trying to help. So that's certainly a common theme among local leaders. So this year has been challenging for leaders here in Florida at the local level, and I realize that is an understatement to the nth degree in terms of challenging. But I mean, you all in, let's just take a meeting situation, public hearings, you've had people literally screaming at you. You've had um, people who have threatened your personal safety. Um, All of these, these things going on while you're trying to do the best that you can in the midst of a global pandemic that nobody has led in those kinds of times for you know, eons, particularly here in the state of Florida. And then, you know, being in Florida, there's still hurricane season on top of that. And then we had civil unrest this year and we had elections. So there's been a lot. Um, When you're in those meetings, what goes through, what goes through your head or what do you draw upon to keep moving forward and to keep the dialogue moving forward and to keep doing what you're doing so that, so that you can try to live out that legacy? Well, you know, in, in some of those meetings, um, and I know I'm not the only county that has experienced it this year, but in some of those meetings, the first thing that goes through your head is, where's my exit route? And uh, when you start seeing members of the public become disorderly and antagonistic towards the law enforcement officials in the room, uh, you, you those fears go through your head. And how the heck am I going to get out of this chamber if I need to? Uh, but what keeps me going Um, Somebody has to make these decisions, and uh, they're not easy, but uh, trying to make the best decision um, that we we think without that handbook that you mentioned, I mean, this, this is uncovered territory to say the least, but you think back to uh, your children, your, your, your senior parents, uh, my sister, brought into this world during this pandemic, a beautiful little boy. Uh, My little brother brought into this world a beautiful little girl. Uh, And you think about their future. And and those are the things that have to keep you going. Because if you let the the, the naysayers bring you down, <laughs> then uh, then you're probably in the wrong business. But the other the other thing in some of these meetings was a piece of advice that I got from one of the congressional staffers I worked with when I first started public service. And she said to me, PYB. And uh, I said, well, what does that stand for? And she said, pick your battle. And so in a lot of those meetings, depending on the day, you want to respond to a lot of the comments and uh, a lot of the conspiracy theories. But at the end of the day, will it make a difference? So you have to pick your battles. So on a 
taking it more to a personal level. You know, you're a leader in your family. You're a leader on the county commission. You're the leader of this statewide organization of the third largest state in the country. How do you how do you balance all of that? What is there a common theme from start to finish that allows you to prioritize that to-do list? I, I wish I had a really clever, you know, uh, inspirational response to that question, Ginger, but I'm a single parent and I quarterback the team and I have to be able to make an audible at any point in the day. And every single day, uh, they were seven, eight, and 10 when I became a single mom. And so every single day, the situation is different and you have to respond differently. And so trying to, uh, trying to get into a routine where I'm up before sunrise to do a yoga class. Well, you know, that this, you get two days into that and then the next thing you know, one of your kids has the stomach flu or I'm going to go do this after work and their car breaks down and you have to go pick them up from work. I mean, it's, it's, it's just different every single day. Um, so I, I think well, my goal every single day is when I put my head on the pillow to know that I did the best that I possibly could that day. And I would say to that, I, I totally understand. I can't tell you how many gyms I have joined with the intent of showing up at 530 in the morning and literally get to about two classes. And then that's just not happening again because somebody has a stomach flu or a tire is flat or something else happens. So um, but I would say that it what I would draw from what you said is is to give it a hashtag is also never give up and you know, that is one of the most inspirational things I, I, I think that you can teach someone. Um, and it is very forward looking also that no matter what happened, you, you keep going and you just never get up, give up. So that does lay the foundation for the future and the legacy that, that you're trying to leave. So on a micro level, bringing it down just a little bit, is there is there anything personal that, let's say, the backpack that you carry with you that if you had the backpack that Representative John Lewis had on the Edmund Pettus Bridge, what would you have in that backpack? Well, if I had a physical backpack that I carried, um, I remember walking along the beach one day. I was up in Martin County walking along uh, one of their beaches, and uh, it was a particularly tough day. And I remember kind of saying a prayer like, Okay, God, you got to give me a sign that I'm in the right place. And I thought, well, what on earth would that sign be? So I thought to myself, okay, if I find a piece of sea glass right now on the, on the beach, that'll be my sign that he's listening and that I'm in the right place. And I looked down and there was a big piece of sea glass. And I walked a few feet further and there was another one few feet further and I found a third and I only found three that day but I have three kids so I figured it was one piece for each of them so I would carry a piece of sea glass in my backpack um, on the imaginary backpack and if we want to get really micro and get really personal um, it's important to know where I came from and in uh, 2009 I suddenly found myself as a an unemployed about to be single mother who was on the verge of losing her home and had to go back to work after being out of the workforce for eight and a half years. And uh, here I am. And so I think that uh, my, my imaginary backpack would carry some sort of plaque that said, never forget where you came from. I think that's a perfect place to end. 
Thank you for being with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. 